0: I'm Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet, about to be joined by Ken Weep from the Winnipeg Free Press. Together we are Kenny and Rennie, and this is the Kenny and Rennie live edition of the show for December. The December to dismember, the December to remember our holiday slash Christmas party. What a crowd we've had here. Uh, just so you know, if you're watching this at home, there's going to be, we're working our way through issues, as is what we do on this show, technical issues. There's a little bit, a very slight latency uh, issue here, and I wouldn't even call it an issue. I say something, it comes out a half second later. It's not a big deal, unless you're a guy like, let's say, I don't know, like, will or waiters because those guys are usually seven seconds behind in processing and if you add an extra half second onto that you know and it's seven and a half seconds they're falling behind so i guess i'm saying keep up guys uh, it's it's a quick show it's fast moving live so uh, let's get into it uh, what a game what an absolute phenomenal game for the winnipeg jets um i thought You're taking a look. I got a text from Jeff Hamilton at home, and he talked about that hit. Kyle Connor, we're really going to be getting into that. Talked about the response by Mark Shifley. You know, it's funny. Mark Shifley, I thought, handled himself really well against Kachuk. I wasn't seeing him eating punches from Strom the way that he did. That's exactly what happened. So in a moment like that, game's not going well for you. You've lost your star player, the guy who's led your team in scoring the last couple of years. That's a tricky situation when you go to fight the guy who does and you eat a couple, you can wilt in a situation. That's hockey, right? That's why fights have mattered in the past. Um, the Jets fought through it. They pushed through it. The important part of that, I think, is the idea that... Because we were in the room and people were talking and saying, how come Adam Lowry doesn't grab a guy in that moment and pound his head in and do this? I'll say this about the Winnipeg Jets. I think in a situation like this they know it's a tough situation to lose Kyle Connor you don't want to lose two points on top of that and if we go back a couple of years ago you remember that game against the Toronto Maple Leafs the Logan Stanley holding the the helmet up and how uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois went after went after uh, Austin Matthews and you saw the response by the Toronto Maple Leafs as they absolutely lost it, right? And there's going to be a school of thought that says, whatever happens, you lose that game, you go out, you fight for your guy, whatever. The Jets just frustrated the Toronto Maple Leafs from that point on. And Toronto loses that game, in my mind, because they lose their composure. Jets did lose their composure in this game. Mark Shifley goes out. He handles his business. He makes it evident and clear to the league in that moment. You don't get free shots in on our guy. We're going to make you pay the price. If I'm guessing, this probably isn't over. There's another game against the Anaheim Ducks. Don't be surprised if there's some kind of, you know, addressment of the situation at that point. But I think the Jets handle it well, and they get back to doing – what they should have been doing in that game. And what they did in that game was sticking to their system fighting their way through falling down to nothing. They come back, they fight back in. We should have known it was going to happen because Pat Rathwell loudly proclaimed. I think he stood up on a table at one point and said, if the Jets score one, they're going to score four. And that's exactly what happened in that situation. Great call by Pat Rathwell. He has the receipt for it. I hope Kenny brought his receipts tonight because we may be bringing out the receipts to see who's been more right about these things. That's that's my shirt in there. Get out oh, of there. You look for receipts in the wrong places but kenny kenny's been dying to get on the show he's been sitting here chomping at the bit the entire time now that i've got a live audience they they can see that i just leave them freezing out in the green room for as long as i can i can't get away with it in a live format so you know what that means ladies and gentlemen time to bring in the man with the best music in the business here comes kenny This, this is, is like, a, this it's like, like was one of in the most distant cities. It's like at the beginning, beginning at, and, all all off of, of the ad, I love it. I love it. I don't the to love do not to with it.
1: Um, but um, but hey, 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 uh hey, uh uh uh
0: uh uh yeah. I oh, can do yeah. It, yeah. So, can you do
1: your thing? I'll work on this and Yeah. First yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the person, the person on the, the YouTube channel. The YouTube channel. Keep watching what's coming through my here, computer, computer right, I think. It's, it's okay, it's when you keep show. doing your thing, we're, we're okay, going okay. to get to you here live. It's coming out of your computer. It's beautiful. beautiful. Uh, just, uh, just so, so that so you know, that was, that was, that was, that was, one one was not the end of the report, what Kyle, and Kyle, Kyle Hunter, was done this season, that's not something impersonating. We don't have any idea of our in terms of how severe the injury is. We don't want to get to address it. So we'll have see. We'll those situations where we won't know for a while.
0: You can hop right in or just kill the speakers and speak out. Okay, okay. that's what we're going to do. We'll go with that. Can um, Ken, keep, uh, are you done or you got more? No, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm I'm today today today. Today. I don't think <laughs> People came here to see. They saw you eat at the pizza buffet. They know you've got more of an appetite than that. So let's we'll see what you got.
1: Sure, sure. Well, well we were also, also wondering what we going to fill in, in on the
0: top line. line of dinner, dinner. Outside, I of the I a lot of also
1: a lot uh, um, for, return return, G G and and, and, and Josh褥- we we talked we talk about Josh, for the Mark Josh, Shash- this is, is his best game. game. One of his best games. Yeah, Jet and Sounds. Yeah, just, just another, another incredible, incredible effort. 5 5 4 We're talking to
0: talk about him to take it, take it, take it over. over And, and we're going to get It's, okay. coming, it's coming. coming Do you want to just hop in here And Tristan Rivers I think is going to make oh, out does it sound? Okay. Okay. How you've got it in here, are we good? Should we try? try. Check number 1, 2, two 3, one, two,
1: 4 one, 2, two. Cool. No, uh, yet. so and we should also talk about, about Connor, Connor Hellbuck. Yeah. I mean, another yeah. solid effort him. from him, two, two down, we a, a couple of saves, but down, two down, two two nothing, down. And managed managed to nothing, and man, has to keep the, keep the ship, the ship afloat, afloat, if you, if you will. will.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, the, at the moment when they needed him, we've talked about this in the past. Connor Hellbuck, the kind of goaltender that when he's needed the most seems to show up the most uh i didn't have any problems with any of the goals he scored it 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 is strange in a game like that like i don't think at any point in the game i was looking at the jets and thinking they're lacking right i didn't think that they were in a situation and yet they find themselves down two nothing i don't blame it on the goaltending i don't blame it on lack of structure i thought they'd been the better team throughout the vast majority of the game how do they end up in that pickle
1: yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard to, to believe in some ways. And the Jets were really, and were really well. Well. And not, not able, able to beat John, John Gibson, but they John found a way to get a, a couple of really greasy, greasy ones. And, ones. and, and it, it's interesting, interesting, Sean. You, you, you talk, talked, you talked about, about the response, response, response to, to, the hit, to get hit by, by Ron Ron Strong. Strong. Well, we, were we were talked about this before. You wonder should he do? Should he not? Does it matter if he wins the
0: fight? Yeah, I know. He's got it. We're working through it.
1: They need you No, <laughs> he's just, this is just how he talks. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, sorry. so you need to speak up. Okay, need to okay speak, 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 speak up. we right here okay. You know right. okay. <laughs>
0: okay,
1: we gotta go. Okay, sorry. sorry. Sorry, Kim. Sorry, Kim. Yeah,
0: I think uh, I think I need to break up the me falling off the ba- ladder video. Um, let's talk about sure. Kyle Connor. Let's just get to uh, right off the bat. So Kyle Connor, uh, your takeaway from the play, your takeaway from Kyle Connor in that situation. I- I'll give mine first. Um, I think it's a dirty sure. play. I think there's no play. I don't think there's ever been uh, room for that in hockey. I think Ryan Strome... You know, um, D.I. was here earlier on, Derek Ingram, who knows a little something about hockey. His kid just got drafted by the Nashville Predators. Uh, National Predator's is not super uh, popular no, no. here. But D.I. knows a little bit something about hockey. He says he does point out, it's not his MO. Like, you look in the past with Ryan Strom, that's not the kind of player that he is. I don't think it's very representative of Ryan Strom, how he plays. But at the same time, in my mind, there's no doubt, absolutely no doubt, that he leans in with the knee, right? The difference between two players running into each other, straight-legged, knee-to-knee, to me that's i mean, that kind of stuff happens. It can be disastrous. But when one player is leaning in and locking out the knee, there's no danger for that player who's locking out the knee like that to have any kind of problems with his knee. And there's so much danger in that situation. I think that's what we see in that play. Like whether or not Ryan Strom is that kind of player, in that moment he's that kind of player. And Kyle Connor looks like he's in a lot of trouble because yeah, yeah, I mean, Reinstrom's not trying to, to injure Kyle Connor, Connor but yeah, it's, it's incumbent, incumbent on the, the
1: hitter yeah, to, to catch, catch body in that situation. You, you, you can't catch your leg. leg in, and, yeah, yeah, you're, 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 you're trying, trying to brace yourself, <laughs> yourself but, but you, you have, have to make, make sure. sure. Sean, Sean, you got, you got the, the line, line from Jamal Mayers. It's on the hitter to ensure he finishes the hit on the body. So I hate the play overall. hate the play overall? Yeah, it's a terrible play. Kyle, it didn't look good. I mean, we know that Kyle Connor didn't put any weight on it. We know our own, our point of reference from this year is Gabriel Velarde. Gabriel Velarde tried to put some weight on his right leg when he left the ice and couldn't do it. He was out four to six weeks. If the Jets are lucky, he'll miss. It'll be a sprain and not a on a tear. But we'll see what happens. Um, let's move on to Vladimir S. coming back
0: in that game. I've been. Pretty vocal about this, well, okay, let's let's take it in this direction. Who in the audience here thought Kevin Shevilldale at the time? Be honest with yourself. Who thought Kevin Shevilldale entirely, entirely whipped? On the uh, on the free agency last year, or not free Deadlines. agency on the trade deadline. Who who here is one of the people who is like he should have been doing more? I don't I, I don't buy it for a second. There's, all we heard, all we heard was because I know I thought I was I I thought I was one of the few people who was not telling them to go absolutely all in, right? And so if you take a look, tonight's game is another really great example of. Kevin day off, and what he did at the trade deadline last year. Who makes it happen in this game? You've got Gabe Velarde, scores the game, the game winner. You've got Nemesnikov doing his thing. From the year before, you've got Morgan Barron, who scores a goal in this game. This is the fruits of Kevin up labor in lines. Where He was extremely, I thought, but Harold, there was a lot speed of speed people attacking that. He went out, quietly know, yeah. took care of business goes out and gets a guy like Gladden and I that the, the rest of the league honestly seems like they've forgotten, right? And you've got Nino Niederreiter, Nino Niederreiter chance, by the way, breaking out here tonight. Yeah. He People absolutely excited about Nino Niederreiter, as they should be. Resigned Again, I'll say it. Not only does Kevin Sheffield there, go out and get guys that have been huge for the culture of this team, but difference makers like we see tonight – but all over again, you've got these guys who decide to stick around. Kevin day like, for the for the guys who win, the GMs who win at uh, at the trade deadline are typically the guys who go the big shi- get the big shiny toy, right? Like, th- that's the ones that have, but No, but I, I'm not saying not always, but I'm saying that's what we perceive as being the success of the GM at the trade deadline. Kevin Sheveldayoff goes out and gets a bunch of... Qu- this team which was one of the things uh, Rick Bonus has said they needed to adjust and they came on an address this year. They go get character. they go get guys that help, they go get depth, and now they go get guys who stuck around decided they wanted to be Winnipeg Jets. And I think this is just another one of those games where you take a look at it yeah, Meskov gets it done on the ice, Niederreiter gets it done on the ice, Morgan Barron gets it done on the ice. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of those times you have to say this is getting done on the ice because Kevin Sheveldayoff took care of his business for a couple trade deadlines in a row. And he, I don't think he's ever really fully got
1: the credit no totally fair sean and it's even better now because nemestikov signs niterator signs an extension but you know if you're if you're vladislav nemestikov and you start the season on the fourth line there's a piece of you that's kind of wondering why did i sign a two-year deal well we see it in game 26 he comes back right into the lineup it is plugged in
0: okay yeah
1: sorry uh and now he's on the second line, right? Immediately onto the second line. He's trying to... He's the guy that Rick Bonus asks to spark Gabriel Velarde. And who scores the game-winning goal? Gabriel Velarde, right? So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Nino Niederreiter signing the f- extension is huge for the Jets, but they totally changed their complexion of their forward group, right? We, all, all we talked about last year during the swoon, the team, they didn't go to the blue paint, what does Nino Niederreiter do? What does Vlad Nemestikov do? What does Gabe Velarde do today? They're living in front of the blue paint. So, And you're right. I mean, the Jets identified a certain type of player, guys that wanted to be here, and now they're here.
0: No doubt. Um, I, I do think this is, since we were talking about receipts before, I think I've been saying for the last number of shows, the little drop that we saw in the second line, I thought, Vladimir Mestikov. Like, Vladimir Mestikov goes out, and then all of a sudden things start to dip. I've been vocal on this. I think it's an interesting situation because I still think all roads lead to Vladimir Mestikov is going to get put down onto the fourth line when this is all said and done. If there's ever a player who had a reason to be upset that he's not getting maybe the ice time he deserves, I just think, time and time again, Vladimir Nemestikov uh, has come to play when he's been asked to play. He doesn't complain when he gets set down. He deserves the best that he can get. I hope he's happy with this situation, regardless of what situation he finds himself.
1: He certainly should be. People say they can't hear your mic. Okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, Nemestikov is a guy the Jets have missed, and when he's been in, he's been great for them. So, I mean, I think it's really important what he's been able to do. He's a guy who plays a physical game. He also has a ton of skill, underrated kind of player, and he's the kind of guy you can play with anyone and have success. So, uh, I think it's a matter of, you know, just finding his right slot. You know, Cole Perfetti's going now with him, so we won't know where guys are going to end up until we know what happens with Kyle Connor. But Nemestikov, obviously huge boost getting him back today for sure.
0: So, what do you think is going on top
1: we're not doctors, we're just asked to play them on TV, right, Sean? So, I mean, again, I, I don't, the difference between a sprain and a tear, it's impossible to tell, you probably need to wait till the swelling goes down anyway, but, I mean, it didn't look good, we'll have to see what happens. Here, let's share.
0: Gonna we're just going to share this. I know that we're having issues at home with the mic getting picked up on the podcast. So hopefully the folks at home are getting uh, me at this stage. Wanted to give a shout out to Vittorio Rossi. Uh, we're not dressed like Vittorio Rossi men right now, but I can tell you this. I wanted to show this off. Uh, my cousin Danine came by here today and had this shirt made for me. It's the k with the Sean's headband uh, characters in their... Good job, by Denise. She also did this. I showed up and she had these presents ready to go. If you take a look at this here present, this is the R. One came with a K, and she made us talk about the December to remember. Uh, I'm going to remember this for a long time because she had this made here, this little uh, ornament for the tree, the K and R ornament. Great job by Denise. Uh She doesn't want to shout out for it. She's going to get one regardless. Uh, great work here tonight. Good job, Denise. Um, anyways. <laughs> Anyways, Vittorio Rossi, you guys all know the drill. We're not dressed like Vittorio Rossi men. Tonight, we will be next time. Don't you worry about it. And if you want to dress like Vittorio folk, head on down to Vittorio Rossi on Cordon Avenue. Walk in. You know the drill. Loudly proclaim Kenny and Rennie sent ya. Ask for Frankie and the boys, and they will take care of you. Uh, let's, let's move on to Pristine Wake-Up Call. Let's just get back to it. That's for Ryan Strom, okay? I get it. Once again, Ryan Strom, he's not the kind of guy who typically plays like that. I don't care. It's a dirty play. Uh, I think he knows better. It's one of those situations. Maybe you make it up in the moment, but that's just, there's no excusing that play for me. That's, uh, that's no doubt a pristine roofing wake up call of the game for me, no doubt. And hey, you know what that means? It's time to give North End Rick the pristine roofing wake up call. Give him a call at 1204 981 6289 or call pristine roofing directly at 1204 237 7663. Okay, Ken. Let's get into Mark Shifley. Mark Shifley, I thought, in tonight's game, showed a lot. As much as Mark Shifley showed in that fight afterwards, what I thought was interesting, and I wanted your take on it, was his reaction after scoring the empty netter. Like he is stoked after that, he's chirping someone on the other team. If there wasn't hate, and I don't think—well, I mean, maybe you go back to 2015. But if there's not hate between the Winnipeg Jets and the Anaheim Ducks, boy, oh boy, did it look like there was hate in that situation. I loved the reaction that he has in that moment. Mark Scheifele is engaged. He wanted that win. His team gets it. Uh, what was
1: your take on his game today? Yeah, I love the response first and foremost. And yeah, I mean, we were, we were I was talking with Transcona Pauly and he wasn't thrilled about Mark Shifley dropping the gloves in that situation. Not that he didn't like him dropping the gloves but because he took a few. Well, it's more, I mean, again, you'd love to win the fight if you're Mark Shifley, but it's more important to show up in that situation. We've been talking about engagement all year long and that was engagement by Mark Shifley. And, you know, the fact, you know, he would have loved to have scored the winner, but the fact that he just went out and got the insurance marker was still important. And I love that he's beaking the guy because, you know what, it's not okay that you take a run at one of his best friends on the team, one of his, one of the best players on the Jets, and they are going to take a number, and the next time they play against Ryan Strom, someone's going to go after him and seek retribution. So uh, I love the way Mark Scheife has been playing all year long. This was another example, uh, comes through with another big effort, and it's just another example of the full buy-in for Mark Shifley with the Winnipeg Jets this, uh, this year. Um,
0: I agree. Uh, someone had said it earlier on tonight uh, about the expectation that, that there should have been more going after Ryan Strom. I touched on this at the beginning of the show, but how how, how do you react as a team? I mean, I've got a good idea. If, if Adam Lowry goes after that guy, right, that's one thing. We expect that from Adam Lowry. But there's no pause. There's no wait. There's no we're going to take care of this as the game goes on. This is Mark Shifley is going to take care of this. The one leading scorer on the team, the other leading scorer on the team, he's stepping in. He's taking care of it in that moment. I mean, I know if I'm Kyle Connor and I get up and I look and I see the video from that game, I'm going to walk away and I'm going to remember how quickly my centerman jumped in in that situation. I... I, I guess I wonder, you take a look at what he did against Kachuk this year. Why are we seeing this from Mark Shifley? Why are we seeing a Mark Shifley that is getting as engaged as he is, the way that he is? Why is it no question for him that he's jumping in in this situation? Because if we're taking a look at another game earlier on today with a defenseman that was hit from behind, knocked into the boards, goes down, no one steps in for him. It's him who has to jump up and go take care of his own business. That's not this Winnipeg Jets team, and I think Mark Scheifele is the biggest proof of that.
1: Yeah, I mean Rick Bonus has said it all year long. You know, you want to you want to come after one of us. You come after all of us, and it, much like we've talked about his two way game, if one of your most skilled players is willing to drop the gloves at will when something happens that the Jets don't find to be you know suitable, then. Everyone is going to be willing to do it. So uh, I think it's been very impressive to see Mark Shifley's ability to jump in in those situations, and, you know, it's impressive to see. So just uh, so
0: everyone here knows at home, uh, it's, it's, it's gone off the rails a little bit here. That's no problem. We're going to make this work. I, I'm, I'm fairly certain everyone let us know. See you later, guys. Everyone let us know if they're seeing or hearing what they need to hear from home. I think we are at this stage.
1: Uh, Ken, time for you to give Sweet Lou a shout-out. Sure. For folks uh, in the chat or folks in here that are looking to have some realty needs met, uh, you can contact Sweet Lou Ferlin at Royal LePage Dynamic Realty. 204-791-9971 or 204 989 at the office. Lou at ca. That's L-O-U at L-O-U-F-U-R-L-A-N.ca. Lou Ferlin, excellent realtor, excellent human being, and excellent supporter of the community, including this podcast. Okay, I wanted to give a shout-out to the fourth line.
0: For showing up again on this day, I thought the last game was won by the fourth line. Uh, that's the depth that we keep talking about with this Winnipeg Jets. They had seemed, in my mind, to be a little bit uh, absent for a little while. Like I know that you can't expect that fourth line to be carrying this team, but I did think that they'd been gone for a little while. And uh, while while you can't ex- you can't lean on your fourth line, you should be in the situation. I think where you are getting a point out of them once every three games, maybe every four games or something like that. Um, but their response again tonight in a game like this, give me an idea of the place you think
1: they feel they have on this team. Yeah, it's important. We, I mean, we talked last year about leadership and guys feeling like they're part of it. Well, David Gustafson feels part of it. Morgan Barron feels part of it. He, he's not just a guy who jumps over the boards after a power play. And gets to go on a jump bump up shift with Adam Lowry, right? So, you know, fourth line is important. You know, we talk about depth. Like Alex Iafalo started on the fourth line today. Alex Iafalo, the same guy who filled in on the first line for over a month. That's that's important. But you're right. I mean, these are guys who need to produce, do more than tread water, and that's what they've been doing. If you can play them ten or twelve minutes, thirteen minutes. That's a good sign, and, and that's what they've been able to do lately. Obviously, those guys getting more ice time in a game where they lose Kyle Connor, but I mean overall they've they've really done a nice job of earning their minutes, and it allows Rick Bonus to have confidence. They were getting you know shifts in the last five minutes, protecting a one goal lead against the Colorado Avalanche, and not a lot of coaches doling out those type of minutes. Well.
0: I think it says something about, uh, and th- this isn't just the fourth line, right? Fourth line's got to go out. They've got to earn their minutes. We get that. That's how it goes. I think in a lot of cases they have. Again, I think they needed to see more from them for the last little while. They're starting to see it now. But I think a good chunk of this is the idea of how the coaches have handled this and the, the slice of the pie that they've given that line. I mean, I, if you do that, you can't help but have an engaged team. And I take a look at that Colorado Avalanche team and you take a look at that last game and you think to yourself, who's more likely in that game to affect the outcome or score a goal to help you win that game, the Winnipeg Jets fourth line or the Colorado Avalanches line. And I guess the other part of that as well. And I don't know, Ken, I don't know if we felt the same about this, but all those years that the fourth line was probably underutilized with the Winnipeg Jets, if you think about like the mindset and maybe the hierarchy of the team, uh, I was talking with someone about it earlier on tonight. Gary Galley always used to tell me about compression on an NHL roster. And his theory behind compression was the distance between the best guy on the team and the worst guy on the team. If that's a really, really wide distance... It's hard to have a really close team. But if you've got, like, Mark Shifley, who I think is the Winnipeg Jets' best player so far this year, and, you know, the guy who's probably there, you know, Axel Janssen-Fialbi who comes in here. If you see those guys chatting in practice and having a good time, if you see Axel Janssen-Fialbi coming to the bench and getting stick taps from all the main guys on the team, you've got what you call compression. I guess, where do you think the Jets are at? What how what does the fourth line tell us about where the compression is for the Winnipeg Jets?
1: Well it, it tells us that they need to play well all the time because actually Jansen Fialbi had his best game of the year and he was still a healthy scratch today. <laughs> right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. and and what, it wasn't because it was a pe- it wasn't a penalty to him, but he was the best option to come out, even though he made an important play on one of the most important goals in the game. But the fact that he feels part of it. Allows you to know that it's not just, uh, you know, over the boards for six minutes and the rest of the cookie minutes will go to the top line. And that's important for the Jets, too. And I think it goes that way on defense, too, because we've been talking about the defense a long time. We always talk about trying to earn it. Well, Logan Stanley's had a couple decent games. He earned a third. Well, did he earn a fourth? I'm not sure. But the fact that we're having that conversation tells you that everybody feels like they're a part of it. Now, a game against the Sharks would it would it behoove them to put Declan Chisholm in or do you go back to Nate Schmidt I mean we'll see what happens but the Jets have won four in a row and and we'll see right I mean there you go Logan Stanley is playing well but so are the other guys so I'll be curious to see how the coaches handle that but uh the fourth line definitely they feel like they're a part of it and the production will only help that that feeling
0: so that I, that's the one I find interesting. So people are talking about Stan and how he's playing well, big Stan. Uh, who here thinks Stan has earned his ice time so far? Do we have – see, I, I, I think that this is probably within the fan base, it's probably a little bit split – I know some people want Schmidt back in. I don't know that I've seen Big Stan do more than Declan Chisholm did when he was in. At this, I well, I mean, he gets walked by Nathan McKinnon in that game. I I, I would put it like this. I guess I'm at the stage where people come up to me and they say, who's in the next game? Is it Schmidt? Is it Stan? Is it Declan Chisholm? I have no idea because at this stage, I don't know that I know what the criteria is for the coaches, for who gets in the game. Declan Chisholm, to me, didn't look like he deserved to be taken out of the game. Uh, Probably the same thing as Stan. Nate Schmidt didn't look to me like a guy for a while there that was like begging to be taken out of the lineup. I know he's the first option. I know there's a lot of people who aren't very happy with him, but... What do you think the strategy is with the coaches at this stage on who that sixth
1: man is going in and why? Yeah, Sean, I'll take it a step further. I I, I don't think that Declan Chisholm deserved to have a reduction in minutes in Game 2 when they went 11-7, and seven, personally. I thought he was really good in Game 1. Uh, but what I think the Jets are looking for is to change the composition. And yes, I mean, being a big guy doesn't mean you always play big, but... For Logan Stanley, they're trying to get the penalty kill going. He's moving his feet. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think the defensemen on the team know what the criteria is, but I don't think they've been really proclaiming publicly, this is what you need to do to stay in the lineup and this is what you maybe need to improve on. But that's what we'll be monitoring the next little while here because the Jets obviously are trying to see if they have a higher ceiling with people not Nate Nate Schmidt. But they also know what they have, and I I agree with you. I think Nate didn't come out because he was struggling. He came out because they wanted to see if they might have a better option or a higher ceiling option, and I'm not sure they've seen that yet, to be honest. All right, Ken. Give me the overarching theme of that game for you with them.
0: I think the Jets, this is just another example of them staying in their structure, trusting their structure, working their way back in. I know there was a lot of people in the room here that was talking about that next game in San Jose, and they were saying, well, if they lose this game, there's going to be problems. problem. We know it can be a fickle audience, right? And we know that because the Winnipeg Jets went and they won five games in a row, and they were tearing their way up the standings, and then they lost three games in a row, and people were saying fire the coach, move back to to Scott Arneal. People don't have a lot of patience with this kind of thing. I look at it, and I think that that's a little strange that people go like that, but I think that because I see that even when the Jets are losing, even if they would have lost tonight, I didn't see a team that didn't show up. On nights before, Like I'll say it against that game against the National Predators, I didn't think the Jets had their fastball. But that's a way of saying a guy went out and he tried and he did well and he did all the things he was supposed to. He just didn't have that zing on that night. I didn't see a team that in the past we've seen before strays from their structure, doesn't do the things that they're supposed to do. Again, this is another night I think the Winnipeg Jets looked like the Winnipeg Jets. And what I saw in them was a trust in themselves that... The scoreboard didn't look like the, the game, but we're going to keep looking like the Winnipeg Jets until the scoreboard looks like what the Winnipeg Jets typically make it look like.
1: Yeah, bang on, Sean. And instead of going to the snake charmer, the Jets went to the blue paint. That's the biggest difference from last year, right? If it's not going well, well will let's maybe try to score in a couple three-on-twos and cross-ice saucers and things like that. Instead here, they get guys going to the blue paint You get one from Nino Niederreiter, you get one from Morgan Barron, you get one from Gabriel Velarde, and then Mark Scheifele ices it. And the confidence that the Jets have to have Nikolai Ehlers and Mark Scheifele on the ice protecting a one-goal lead, that also talks about the buy-in. And this is another great thing. Nikolai Ehlers had the goalie come out and rob him of an empty net goal the other night. What does he do today at the blue line? First and foremost, he makes sure it's out. He flips it over the guy, the defender, then gets it to Shafley. He wasn't going to get beat to the puck again. And that was, a, you know, that's something that he talked about after the last game. And then he did, went out and did it today. So I agree with you. The fact that they didn't stray from their structure, that tells you it's different than last year. Now, they're going to have to prove it a lot longer. And, Sean, I was upstairs listening to the uh, post-game interviews. My colleague Mike McIntyre was asking, well, hey, first place in the Central Division, what does it mean? Well, Gabriel Villardi said it means we're a good team. What Rick Bonus said, it means we have a game on Tuesday against the San Jose Sharks. Nobody at the end of the year is going to look back and say, oh, December 10th, first place? Congratulations. Put up a banner for that. Who cares? But if your options are first or third, you'd rather be first.
0: I think people are going to look back in, uh, on December 10th and remember the December to dismember and and the, a, l- the, a little bit of the audio debacle. I mean, we've had we've had a couple of them here. I think people are probably going to remember that. Um, let's go to Gabe Velarde because you brought him up and what he was thinking about that. Uh, Someone was pointing it out to me. Uh, I think it was Brady from Game Over was here, uh, and Nick Nick Lynham from Top Line Media. I guess they went back last year and took a look at all of Gabe goals as a uh, Los Angeles king, and all of them except for one were either a tip right in front of the net like what we saw tonight or a one-timer from the slot. So I guess this is one of these situations where, like, you know you, – we've seen this before a a jet player gets traded somewhere and people like turn to you and they're like, Oh, did you know that this player did this? And you're like, yes, every jets fan knows that we know what that player is. I guess what we saw tonight is really what we should be expecting from Gabe Velarde.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting. uh, Rick bonus talked about it on the post game interview as well. He goes, you know, I need Gabriel Velarde to play with confidence, play aggressive. He'll live with the mistakes Because we know he hasn't played his best, and we know he's trying to make up for lost time. We talked about how long do we talk about Nikolai Ehlers needing after missing most of training camp? Well, Gabriel Velarde missed more than twice as much time as Nikolai Ehlers. So while everybody else is rolling in game 26, he's trying to play catch-up. So some nights you get 13 minutes. Tonight, Gabriel Velarde was going, and he had, I think, over 19 minutes. So you show a little bit of confidence in the player the player responds. So, And I think that he's just starting to scratch the surface, everyone here. This guy is an impact player. I know that when I follow one up and played well, everyone's like, I oh, don't worry about Velarde. Well, the Jets got Gabriel Velarde to be a 30-goal scorer, not just to be a complimentary player. So this is a guy that's going to have a big impact on this team, especially once he feels confident. And Gabriel Velarde said... I've been putting way too much pressure on myself not to just chip in, but to be a difference maker. And today he was a difference maker. I know that it's been called for. Uh, maybe not in the chat
0: room. It's right here, everybody. It's been called for. They want more Tristan Rivers music. So here it comes, everybody. Uh, you wanted it, you got it. Let's make this a Sean's headband version of the live Kenny and Randy show. Here we go. Okay. They cheered louder the last time. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very happy we got to play it earlier on in the show. Uh, like I said, Tristan Rivers is here live, and we love, absolutely love his music. Uh, so uh, th- we didn't get to hear it that time. But I hope you at home got to hear it most definitely. We're hoping it wasn't affected there. But uh, absolutely uh, absolutely love Tristan Rivers. Let's give him a round of applause. I know, I know everyone appreciates him. I know we appreciate him like crazy. Uh, what a guy. Um, okay let's go down this road because really ken this is the big question going forward because the winnipeg jets were in this position last year more than once where they rolled in they got into first place and then how do they hold? it? rick bonus would always say you've played your way into the position of being in first place now you have to earn staying in that position and let's be honest with ourselves that's where the jets fell down not just last year if you go back to the canadian division there was that time where they fought their way up they fought their way up they got right there with the toronto maple leafs and Everyone here in Winnipeg was saying best team in Canada. It was a big push that year in that COVID year. And what happens in these situations, typically the Winnipeg Jets reach the top of the mountain and they, they're they not overly interested in staying there. They find themselves going down the back end. Now... Tico Napoli saying exactly what, what I think, that, but that's the question. I think it is. I'll explain afterwards, but I'm going to hand it to you first. Why is the Winnipeg Jets in first place, not only on December 10th, but going forward in January or February, why is that something that we should expect they can pull off?
1: <laughs> Sean, I think you, you touched on this a long time ago um, when you said the reason why Rick Bonus was so disappointed in his team was because they had shown him what they look like when they listened to him. And they stopped listening in the second half of the season or the last 30 games, and then they bowed out quietly. This year, instead of being offended by Rick's comments, the Jets took it to heart and said, hey, why don't we play the way that made us successful? We know it's hard work. It's hard to do all the time. It's not always glamorous. It doesn't lead to highlight real goals. But guess what? when they're playing the game-winning, they still play the game-winning goal, whether you're tipping it in like Gabe Velarde or you're making a four-pass backdoor tap-in, right? So I I think the Jets' ability to realize what it takes for them to win, how they need to play, that they know what their structure can do for them when they buy into it, I think that's the biggest difference between this year and last year. And it's why they'll probably be in a better position in February than they are necessarily right now in December. Okay, we love talking about receipts on this show. It's one of our running jokes. uh,
0: And I, I I love it when Ken does that because Ken literally is like, we'll go, he'll say something. And he'll plop down the receipt of what he said. I'm going to pull out one of my receipts from last year. People will remember this uh, if, if they were paying attention. Right after Christmas last year, the Jets went on a real heater, right? They won a whole bunch of games in a row. And I came on the podcast from late December up until about January 9th. And I said, they're playing terrible. They're playing terrible, unsustainable hockey and they're pulling it off. This is the kind of thing that you see right before the bottom drops out on something. Okay, now I know that people are saying, you know, I'm the fun place and I'm going to drop that. Now, this is exactly why I think that this is sustainable. This isn't. Mark Shifley disinterested, and you know, going out and trying to snake charm your way through a game. This is Mark Shifley jumping in for the second time this year and throwing fisticuffs because he thinks that what's that's what the team needs in this moment. This is your fourth line being engaged being a huge part of... Uh, like, I think they won them the last game against the Colorado Avalanche. They're a huge part of the win here tonight. So you've got a fourth line that's engaged. You've got a first line that's engaged. You touched on Connor Hellbuck. Connor Hellebuck... I, and I, that, that's the interesting part about this season. I don't even think Connor Hellbuck has scratched the surface of what Connor Hellbuck is capable of, and yet he's doing this. Josh Morrissey, you touched on him, and we should dig into him deeper later, but Josh Morrissey is basically... Just at every turn showing, like, I I don't know if I think that's the best game he's ever played as a Winnipeg Jet. I don't know if I agree with that. And, like, what's that? I don't I don't think he's being wasted but I'm going to say this I, I'm going to go I'm going to stand up to Mark Shifley and say you're wrong Mark Shifley that was not the best game that we've ever seen him play before I think the receipts are that St. Louis game last year where he basically picks the Winnipeg Jets up and put against, sorry against St. Louis uh Hockey Night in Canada game basically puts them over the top I'm just joking like Listen, listen, Mark Shifley knows far more about hockey and forgot more of it before the game today uh, from waking up in the morning and eating his Wheaties than I've ever uh, been able to pick up here. But I just... uh, Take a look. Gabe Velarde comes in and he does this thing. You've got engagement up and down the lineup. Listen, I think there's one thing if you've listened to this podcast, you know. If I thought that this wasn't sustainable, I'd be saying it. I will no doubt... uh, Thank you, Stan, Scott. Appreciate that. Um... Okay. Stan Scott wants this question. I love the show. Don't you think a big part of the change is that we now have five new forwards in the top nine, basically since the trade deadline. In a way, it's a bit unfair to compare this team to past teams. Well, okay. I don't think that it's unfair. I don't think it's unfair because the core, at the very core of this team, is Kyle Connor, Mark Shafley, Connor Hellebuck, Josh Morrissey. And these are, I mean, if you want to talk about Oilers, if you want to talk about the past failures, and I've been vocal about this, people who sit here and say the Winnipeg Jets, they don't get their due from Toronto. People aren't giving them enough credit and all this kind of stuff. I call BS on that because the Winnipeg Jets, uh, there we go. Good. Bring it in. I feed I feed off your booze. I call BS on that, and the reason that I call BS on that is because the Winnipeg Jets, if anything, how many people here think the Winnipeg Jets should have won a cup once or twice or maybe three times since 2018? How many people thought they had a team capable of doing that? So the same people who are the same people who are booing me are making my point for me here tonight. The Winnipeg Jets have underachieved they've set a standard over the years as an underachieving team. They are not an overachieving team. You could not for a second suggest that they were an overachieving team after they almost had the biggest collapse in the season last year I honestly I honestly can't believe. everyone's in denial at this point, at this stage. The Winnipeg Jets have established... Frank Saravelli had the Winnipeg Jets winning the Cup two years ago, and they missed the playoffs. So do you not think that a national media member who went out and said, these guys are going to win the cup and they missed the playoffs, don't think that the Jets underachieved? Of course they underachieved. So anyone who's sitting here, the Winnipeg Jets are in, they are the show-me state at this stage. The Winnipeg Jets are the show-me state because they need to show the hockey world that they can sustain this. Anyone in here who suggests that there isn't a chance that the Jets could fall apart based on what they've done in the past, they're not paying attention. And I that's my take. I'll fight this audience on this all night long. All night long. I will argue about this over and over. I I hate to do it. I've got the microphone. I'm right. They're wrong. Let's see if Kenny let's
1: see if Kenny defends you. That's why we're only using one microphone so you can hold it. Hey it, the Jets have to prove it. it. It's as simple. They've been to one conference final and barely went around since. So, they got by what? Uh, are they the only team that that happened to? They
0: are. No NHL team in history has gone. We We can. We can. Oh, sorry. So, so replicate so the audience at home can hear. No,
1: just so that you know, Trans going to He's a smart guy. He said that. Well. S- Take a compliment, would you? <laughs> sure.
0: That's
1: true, but... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. I mean, I don't think that we're disputing they had some adverse situation. Well... I, I mean okay, No, no, hey. I love it. It's we we love the feedback.
0: Make sure make sure the audience at home knows what you You got you got to talk
1: can can people at home are hearing nothing. You have to relay what they're saying. Okay, buddy. Okay. Sure. The Jets have gone through a lot. That is 100% accurate, but a lot of te- I mean other teams, the Leafs a lot of teams went through the same. Sorry?
0: Can't can you can't do that? They can't hear you at home. You can't get into a yelling match with. Them. I'm not you yelling. Have I'm not to yelling. Talk to the mic.
1: No, no, it's Him, all good. It's all, all good. It's all good. Okay, it's okay. Three
0: thousand people are going to watch this. They can't hear you, so he can't argue with you.
1: It's all good. It's all good. The Jets need to have a better playoff run. They've had one in their existence. So I mean that that's that's the reality. It's hard to win. We know that. But for them to plant their flag in the ground, they're going to need to go on a long playoff run.
0: So, I'm just gonna, so
1: just what we're trying to deal with here at this stage, at
0: home, and here, we get, it. we want your audience engagement, but we can't not talk for like ten seconds, fifteen seconds up here while you guys yell at us because you were talking way too much, T. Kona, No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna respond to that. So basically, T. T. Pauly, who is getting serenaded by the audience here. T. Cotapalli's argument is that the Winnipeg Jets went through losing four defensemen. They went through uh, COVID, which no other NHL team did. Is that what you're saying? Yeah? yeah? That no other team dealt with COVID? Like, I, <laughs> I'm going to say that I'm just trying to come over this. Lost of four defensemen. He's saying it's not fair. uh, My response to that is the Winnipeg Jets were still a a media darling and favorite just a couple seasons ago, right before they missed the playoffs. They had won everybody over last season, were first in the division, and then almost pulled off the biggest drop in NHL history, period. So if you're wondering why people would maybe say, I need you to show me this before I believe in you, having one of the biggest drop-offs in the history of the game is a good reason for people to maybe question a team and how they're doing things is what I'm saying. Now, I'm not discounting that they lost people, and I'm not discounting that COVID didn't affect them. I don't. I think COVID, I think you're playing a little loose with that. Every team dealt with COVID. Maybe the teams in the States had it a little bit easier. But the Montreal Canadiens went to the Cup Final that year, dealing with everything that the Winnipeg Jets were dealing with. So my response to this, I, I think we're getting into the stage now where we're trying to address, are the Winnipeg Jets an elite team, right? People are asking that question. And the, uh, the answer to that question is in this moment, right? now the Winnipeg Jets are an elite team is that a cop-out you're damn right it's a cop-out no it's a cop-out for me to say it because then if they fail tomorrow I say well in that moment they were an elite team and after that that's I'm telling you right now, I think the Winnipeg Jets are a team that can sustain what they're doing. I stand by it. If at the end of the year they fall apart and they fall out, you can point to me and say, in December, you thought that this wasn't going to happen, and I'll say it. I'm just saying right now, for everyone who's feeling sorry that the Winnipeg Jets don't get their due and people don't believe in them, you have to take into account the... Should the Winnipeg Jets be earning, have earned people's trust based on what they've done over the last number of years? That's my take on it. Jets won tonight. They are elite people. There you go. Um, we got to move on. Oh, geez, we we lost twenty minutes there, so we got to move. Uh, okay. All right, lamplighter of the night, Ken. I'm going to get you
1: to start with that. Go for it. Velarde, buddy, Velarde. Yeah. First as a jet. Josh Morrissey, another smart play, getting it through. Velarde goes to the blue paint and tips at home past John Gibson, who had been looking unbeatable for a good chunk of the contest. I, I don't have any issues with that. I'll, I'll take
0: that one. It's a good one. It's funny that when we saw it at first, it looked like it was a terrible, terrible goal allowed by Gibson. It was such a under the radar tip that I don't even think people saw it was the tip. But when you show the angle from the side, it is like a crazy redirect. It looks like it looks like Gibson's trying to anti corner. you'll get this. He's a he's a goalie. Looks like he's trying to catch it up here, and then the puck ends. It looks like it goes through him. A, on, on the rebound, or sorry, on the replay from the side, it's straight down. He doesn't have a chance on that. It's a gorgeous redirect. Uh, great job. Were you kind of surprised that they didn't try and challenge it in that moment? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: It was close. It was close. Uh, I would have thought at that point in the game that maybe they would have tried it, just as one of those. I would just say, if it was close, they would have chal. If it was that close, they should have challenged it
0: it 's not that it 's
1: not that simple because if they
0: challenge and they don 't get it then they 've got two minutes a two minute penalty and they can 't get back into that game so to me that's a that 's a coach saying I don't think the refs often change their minds. And I want to show my team that I believe they can score their way back into this game. Uh, But I don't know. I took a look at it and I thought that said, if the, if the goalie's trying to catch it up here, it's probably around the bar. I think in those situations, when it comes to a high stick, I think it's not, was it a high stick or was it not a high stick? It's, it's, the it's, it, yeah, exactly. Which is, is it an obvious, obvious high stick in that situation? Definitive. Definitive. definitive, exactly. Definitive. Okay, so that's Ken's. Uh, I agree with him. That's his lamplighter of the night. Uh, you should share with us your lamplighter of the night, like a lot of people did right here. Uh, <laughs> I tonight. tonight, we've got a winner. If if I'm correct, this is an overseas winner um, and has won before and gifted it back, so we may not hear back from this one for a while. But John Chan is the winner of the Lamplighter from last time. Congratulations, John Tan! You know exactly what you need to do. You need to get a hold of me. Direct message me at uh, SN Sean Reynolds. Um, direct, I need your full name I need your email address and you will have a voucher for a frosty delicious 8-pack of Lamplighter Amber Ale brought to you by our friends at TransCanada Brewing Company who boy oh boy did they do a good job here tonight alright moving on Ken your keg save of the game
1: yeah I think Hellebuck on Troy Terry uh, when it was still tight I think that's the that's save that stuck out for me I mean he made a lot of important saves today but that was the one that uh, caught my attention for sure I've got a quick question for you before we move on from this. Uh,
0: I think in the last two games it's been... I think it's... (laughs) Okay, uh, a medium question. Let's make it a medium question. Uh, I don't think there's been obvious saves of the game for Hellebuck the last little while. And I'm wondering, do you give more credence to the big and boring style that makes us think that he's not making saves or is or is this the Winnipeg Jets defensive structure that is meaning that he just does not to be doesn't have to be tested to that
1: crazy degree that we've seen him tested in the past well I mean it's a combination of both yes Kim you're right about that I mean earlier on in the year what were we talking about well the Jets got the volume of shots down but the quality was still high so then his save percentage was much lower well now the save percentage is higher, the goals against is lower, so he's figuring out the chances that are being allowed, and he's also making a few more saves. So for me, it's a you know double-edged sword, but I still think that he's been very good. He's locked right in right now. He's saying all the right things, and you know no big deal. I'm just playing game my game, having fun. But uh, for him to not allow many softies has been really important, and the fact that he's cranked his numbers up is allowed the Jets to feel comfortable. They don't think they're giving up three. At the beginning of the year, they were almost guaranteed to be giving up three or more, and they've got it sorted out. Hellebuck's back to elite-level Hellebuck, and that's a scary proposition for other teams. I don't know if I'd say he's back to elite-level
0: Hellebuck. Like, I I don't... I, I, I'm not... I know you're going to go with numbers. I'm just saying what you're seeing from him. He doesn't look to me like he's like that Hellebuck that is like kind of gets in team's heads. I'm not saying that he's playing poorly. I guess I guess what I take away from this is like I think that the Winnipeg Jets defensive structure is the true star. I think that if you had there's a lot of goaltenders that you could cycle in and out of the Winnipeg Jets team right now, that would look really good. It doesn't take anything away from Connor Hellebrook. I think I think what the Winnipeg Jets are doing this year and it's a good thing. Winnipeg Jets are robbing in my mind Connor Hallibuck of the mystique that he's carried because he doesn't have to be superhuman anymore they've made it so that we've seen this guy for like five years has to be superhuman at every single turn and he doesn't have to be behind this Winnipeg Jets team and really that's not what you want from him but I do find it a, an interesting situation in that Connor haibuck for years has essentially been the Winnipeg Jets and as he goes the the Winnipeg Jets go, that's not the case right now. As the Winnipeg Jets go, Connor Hellebuck goes right now, which is the way it typically should be. Um, You don't see a lot of teams that rely entirely on their goaltender go very far. I think this bodes well for the the Jets and for Connor Hellebuck because if you take... If you take the Winnipeg Jets going down the stretch and you make it so that you don't have to lean on Connor Hellebuck for the entire season, I think I'm more excited than ever before to see what the Winnipeg Jets will look like in the playoffs and more important, what Connor Hellebuck will look like in the playoffs after a year of not having to save the day
1: at every single turn. Anyways, I agree with you. Uh, One quick (laughs) rebuttal. He's played 20 games, and the reason why I said he's getting back to elite is because at one point he was over three for goals against. He's at 245, and his save percentage was sub-900, and now it's 915. And if we and if we want to go to money puck, goals saved above expected, 8.6. He was near the bottom. He's now 10th in the league. So to me, that is elite-level goaltending. It's not average goaltending. It's above average to elite goaltending.
0: You're cut off. He's
1: cut off. He's cut off. That's enough.
0: All right, the winner of the keg save of the game. Hey, that's Ken's keg save of the game. You should share with us your keg save of the game. Why? Well, if you do, you're automatically entered to win a $50 gift certificate to the keg. And the winner from last show, that would be Bobby B. Bobby B. Tico Napoli says uh, that Bobby B is a good guy. I won't hold that against Bobby B, that he would fraternize with someone like Tico Napoli. Uh, Anyways, uh, so that's Bobby B. Hey, Johnson Group got you covered. Play of the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's got to be Shifley stepping in for his teammate for me. One and only. I think that's a pretty clear play for this one.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't think we can argue with
1: that. To me, that's uh,
0: you nailed it. You got it. Uh, and hey, do you run a small business in Canada? Look to Canada's number one employee benefits plan, Chambers Plan, to give you a competitive edge. Chambers Plan is the simple, stable, smart choice for over 30,000 businesses countrywide. Visit chamberplan.ca to learn more. Okay, we have to go in this direction. I know we don't have a lot of time, but we have to. If Kyle Connor is out for a significant amount of time. Give me the idea. I I don't want to... I mean, you can dive into what the lines look like, this and that, but what is the effect? What kind of effect can... A lot of teams, let's put it this way, a lot of teams would not survive the loss of a player, the ilk of Kyle Connor. What happens to the Winnipeg Jets if Kyle Connor is out for a significant stretch of time?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a massive blow if that's the case, but what I would say is that the Jets... I mean, they're not apples-to-apples players, but the Jets played with Nikolai Ehlers without Ehlers for 37, and 38 games last year. So you're missing a top-six scorer. Kyle is the most pure and natural goal scorer on the team, so you're not going to have to change your style, but you can't be reliant on one guy. And the Jets haven't been reliant on one guy, so it's not as big of an issue as maybe you would think. They just have to collectively pick up the slack I think this is, we've talked about this, Sean. This is a Cole Perfetti opportunity to maybe get a chance with Mark Scheifele. It's a chance for Vladislav Nemeskov to stay comfortably in the top six. Maybe Morgan Barron moves up in the lineup if Nino Niederreiter is called upon. But it's going to depend on the severity first and foremost. But uh, let's just put it this way. I'm not expecting to see Kyle Connor for a minimum of two to four weeks, and it could easily be longer.
0: So th- this is not to minimize Kyle Connor in any way. I, I wouldn't look at it like this. Um, I, I look back on this and I think the Winnipeg Jets right now, their success, if you take a look at like the amount of team goals they have, uh, like 2018, you look at that year, Jets were something like second in scoring and fifth or fourth in defense, right? When you've got those kind of numbers, you're going to be a domin- dominating team. It's been interesting to try and tell stories on TV this year about the Winnipeg Jets because they really don't stand out in a lot of ways statistically when it comes to teams, right? And, and, yet they're so successful. And I take a look at that, and again, I just fall back on what I think time and time again is the true power, the true strength of this team is the Rick bonus system and the way they play it. I think it's designed to take players like their fourth line and turn them into game breakers that we've seen in that situation. A guy like Axel Jansson Fialbi comes up and like – Go look at what's happening in the AHL. Axel Janssen-Fialbi is not destroying the AHL and then coming up and turning things over. He's going out. He's he's probably an AHL player who comes up and is able to succeed because he's fast. He's speedy. He likes to push the play. He's disruptive, which is exactly what all the Jets are supposed to play like. So to me, again, the true star of the Winnipeg Jets system, I find is the Rick bonus system and their commitment to it and with should Kyle Connor be out for a significant amount of time that's not going to change that right there's no reason for that to change what it means is the next guy stands up the next guy goes out and tries to track down the guy and forecheck the puck and turn it over. Mark Scheifele is still going to be capable of doing his thing. It isn't one of these simple: uh, this many goals subtracted from the lineup means this many, this many, or this many more losses. I don't see it that way. The Winnipeg Jets play a system that no matter who's in, whether Aya follows out for a while, or whether Vilarde out, how we've seen, or Rasmus Kupari is out, it doesn't matter as long as you stick to the system and the. Guy guys who are plugged in play the system they give themselves a chance to win on every night and I don't see Kyle Connor changing that uh it's again a not a a knock on Kyle Connor it's it's a compliment to the survivability of this Winnipeg Jets team and really that the heart of what makes them successful is not something that is easily taken away from them by other teams it's their teamwork so we wanted to give a quick quick shout out before we go to the team at Cambrian Credit Union speaking of teamwork from answering members calls in less than one minute to having all their advisors Available by video from 8 a.m to 8 p.m it makes it's so easy to be a cambrian member it is obvious that the whole team at cambrian cares about giving you great service well done cambrian uh and that is it for us here tonight listen uh i know it got a little bit wild west at the beginning of that show both for you at home and for the people here you people at home were fairly well behaved i wish i could say uh the same about these ruffians here Tiko Nepali is just waiting for us to come off the stage. It's gonna be, it's gonna be mayhem when we get off. It is, it, it will be the December to dismember when we get off the stage here. It's gonna be crazy. But you know what? We appreciate. It. We had a great, great showing here tonight. A ton of people. I hope you all had fun because boy did I have a blast. And we love being able to meet with everybody. Uh, wanted to say thank you to everybody in that situation um, wanted to also announce our next live show coming up on January 22nd right here at TransCanada Brewing Company uh, we'd love to see all the people there we'll start moving the tickets at that point it's going to be great and before we do go as I always do I would like to give a shout out and say thank you to our sponsors if you appreciate the conversations happening in this space please please appreciate our sponsors who fight to keep the conversation going for us that's Vittorio Rossi, Cambrian Credit Union, Pristine Roofing and Exteriors, Sweet Lou Ferlin, Johnston Group, The Keg, and of course, TransCanada Brewing Company who did a great job here tonight. Thank you to that. Thank you to all of you for being here. Thank you for all of you at home for sticking with us. We appreciate you. We will chat with you after the next Jets game. We will talk to you then. Bye-bye.